Welcome, everyone, to the X-Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. And we're here with a brand new episode, the first episode we've recorded since September? Yeah. But a peek behind the curtain, we recorded... So much. Yeah, like a ton, almost all of the season between June and early September. So it's now January. Which is sort of backwards. I feel like all the time gardening, like that we gave up to do recording things like the winter now that we're trapped inside maybe at some point yeah i think we're going to like after we get done recording we're going to plan out a few months yeah so that we can get some stuff in the can um listeners you may have noticed there was no theme music to head up this episode um because we wanted to get an episode out to you because um it's been a while since it's been a few weeks since you had a new episode and we just need to finish up these last few issues. Maybe we'll finish them in sequential order. Maybe not. Maybe the last two annuals from 1993 will come sometime this spring in between everything else. Who knows? Um, would you care to share why there's no editing? That's because ass to the bun. Okay, so uh, everyone has, I feel, a nest of cords somewhere where stuff is plugged into a power strip. And that's where things live and that's where the adapter lived for i think the macbook that i got in college i bought it used in 2008 like certified refurbished from apple i think it's a 2007 macbook that i used to edit this show um because it has GarageBand installed and i'm not about to buy more like software when i already have a computer that can do it well asta jumped into that nest of cords that we thought was thoroughly protected and i woke up last week one morning and i'm like asta where are you and she was behind this little barricaded area because she had done like the lady gaga death leap uh, (laughs) from from the top of the couch into this pile and like it was even like we protect that area overnight because she was free ranging like she was being a very good bun and not getting into trouble but she got down there and ate so many cords she went to town it was it was a slaughter every single cord was ruined so like my sad lamp for seasonal depression she chewed that cord multiple times like there was no fixing it oh dad did you want many sad lamp cords i know i have made eight of them for you um and the cord to charge xbox batteries which is like super handy it's super handy but also it's a very specific connection to these battery packs where i'm like i have to buy the whole set again and dear listener just to set the scene there it's between the couch and the wall so there's like a foot and a half yeah maybe the width of an end table and there's a lamp back there and yeah she chewed the cord for the lamp that i've rewired at least half a dozen times at this point but yeah. we think we can fix it without rewiring this time yeah there's going to be a lot of electrical tape there's going to be a lot of those um connectors male female wire splicers yeah so yeah we have done it before we'll do it again we'll save the sad lamp because minnesota winters although no the sad lamp can't be saved I thought it had the two wires within that one round yeah but there's not enough of a cord I'm not going to lay on the floor 
Oh. I get a sad lamp on my face. So I mean, we can. I know I already ordered a new one. Oh, okay. Otherwise, there's always an extension cord. Yeah. So um, that's why there's no music. Um, that's a bun bun update. We there's more to the bun bun updates as well. Nick, since November, has had a weepy eye, and he went to the vet. And he's been to the vet three, three times. times for it. <laughs> they flushed his tear duct. The first time, and he sneezed out a, quote, plug of material, unquote. So who knows what that was? That was a drop-off appointment where it was. I had a lot of weird feelings dropping him off at the desk and not being back there with him. And then I got him at the end of the day. And he and Nora went together because they're bonded. And the vet techs were like, oh, they were so sweet. They stayed next to each other the whole time. They're so adorably bonded. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, you don't know our buns. You haven't seen them at home. No, when they tolerate each other. Yes, when Nick will chase her because she is eating something he's not eating. His food FOMO is out of control. If she's eating something, he also wants to be eating that specific piece of food. Yes. That specific crunchy bit of hay. Um, so that it was great. There were drops, except he continued to have a weepy eye. So cue to the next appointment. Um, both of them went together and it was an unsuccessful tear duct flush. And I was actually in the room for that one. So they numbed his eyeball. They put a little catheter thingy in his eye and tried to flush some saline through. So that's what they mean by flush the tear duct. Um, so it should go out his nose and he should sneeze out more plugs of material. And he didn't. And he didn't. So then we went back again after more eye drops and it was another unsuccessful flush, but it was just him because this drop off appointment, he was sedated and, and it took some images, Yeah, which at some point we should get the results of, but the initial glance we're like, his teeth are fine. It's not like his molar roots are going so far up yeah. that it's causing a blockage. Yeah, which can happen in bunnies because their faces are constructed weird. So. There's three right angles in their tear ducts and they go close to their molar roots. So uh, we still don't know. I mean, he's acting normally aside from that. It's just that he is getting... He was tired of eye drops. Now he's on oral stuff that we can mix with banana and he thinks it's delicious. So, yes, um, they were like he was feisty. He um, fought the sedation really hard, um, but he eventually went down and they got the images and then he woke up and he was such a sleepy bun. Um, and they were like, here's how you give him his medication orally. And I was like, great, I've done it before. It'll be fine. Just put him in a bun bun burrito. And away you go. The first night was awful. Mm -hmm. The next morning, he bit you. He bit me. <laughs> and to be fair, the technique they told you to try out, like he probably felt trapped. So it was instinctual. He felt threatened. Yeah, because the later advice was try it on the floor instead of on a slippery table where he could like scrabble away and hurt himself. So I tried it. It did not go well. It was terrible. He hated it. I hated it. And I was just like, well, plan B. Plan B stands for banana. So he gets his mushed up with his medication and Nora just gets a chunk um, because she doesn't need it. She's fine. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and ideally they're on opposite sides of their house. So he is like the president of the clean plate club these days. Yeah. And he'll walk away and then I'll be like, buddy, tap, tap. And, and he's he, like, oh, he comes more. back over and like, oh, I missed a spot. Oh, thank you, dad, for telling me. I got it. Um, so, yeah, they are now swarming our feet, expecting banana every time we come down. Mm -hmm. So it's the turnaround from the syringes. It was very traumatic. Yes. Um, but Nora's great. And Nora's, Nora's kicking it. So, yeah, she got a new box. They, these gigantic 50 pound boxes of hay. I put one in the corner to protect the wall from being chewed because they were eating a paint. cinder block wall. Yes, they were eating cinder block paint because why wouldn't they? And they they chewed some holes in it. So they made like a little tunnel for themselves in like this palatial hidey box. So we emptied a new 50 pound box of hay that is now in the corner. So Nick was clocking in this morning mm. and the old one is just got moved to a different spot. So they still have their gigantic Heidi boxes that Nora loves. Yes. Um, other news. So I've joined the staff for the uncanny experience. I'm the programming director. Hooray. So uh, I will be coordinating the programming lineup for this year's uncanny experience, which is happening the last weekend in September. Hashtag sophomore year. Yes. Um, so I'm really, really excited to do that. Um, I already have a Google form built, which a couple people have used. Um, there will be more coming out about that when we get closer to really rolling out that submission form and soliciting people to consider doing something at Uncanny. Um, if you don't have tickets, you should get them. Start booking your travel now. It's Because true. Minnesota will be nice then. It's not nice now. It was perfect weather last year. Like it I was. couldn't believe how spectacular it was. Yeah, like people anticipate Minnesota being like it is today all year round. Like the high today is zero. Although uh, we beat it, we are now two degrees above zero. Oh. We're in the positive. Oh, great. Um, so it, it'll be a great time. I think people should come out. Um, other staff members are working on booking even more guests like you've just seen the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's being offered for sophomore year. So it'll and, be a lot of fun. And vendors too. Yeah. There's a vendor that we visited yesterday. Yeah. They just opened a, a physical location. They were at uncanny last year. So if you attended uncanny experience, they had the Funko pop um, booth. I got an eye crawler. I got a Colossus, a very shiny Colossus. Yeah. And so yesterday I got a little Hercules. Yeah, Marvel's Hercules. Also a really big Ben Sisko from Star Trek Deep Space Nine Tribbles, Troubles and Tribulations episode, which is so good. Yeah, so they uh, posted Friday that they were putting out a bunch of Star Trek toys. And obviously I was like, ooh, what are you going to offer? And then they posted images of everything Saturday morning. And who? And then you and were like, like, we need to go. I'm like, we we need to go. Because they posted, and your Ben Sisko, I really wanted Garrick from Deep Space Nine. Um, so now and, you have a big Garrick. Yes, it's a big Garrick. They're like, they're not quite Barbie doll size. These are like nine inch dolls compared to 12 inch. Yeah. Um, 
but Garrick is still going to hang out with like my Stevie Nicks Barbie, and they're going to do like some witchcraft together. <laughs> do you think Garrick is a witch? He could be. No, oh. you never know. We don't know much about Cardassian spirituality. They sort of like once their planet went into militaristic, severe resource management mode mm. apparently they lost that aspect of their culture i read more about their culture in the book about garrick that um, you found at our local comic store that was also a you need to go get this as right now but you were on your way to get weekly comics on wednesday i think your text was if you're not already on your way you need to go <laughs> and if you're not i will go <laughs> yes uh, and you also got baby nathan in yeah. the arms of madeline Pryor. they had the maddie Funko Pop there, the exclusive, and it was there for fifteen bucks, which is what sold for. So I didn't need to pay shipping. Yeah. Um. So shout out to DNH. Yeah, DNH Toys in Shakopee, Minnesota. Yeah. Um. You can see them at the Uncanny Experience because they'll be a vendor again. Yeah. So, um. Also, professional news. Professional, I guess. Professional my, wrestling? No, my book about Linda Ronstadt uh, came out today. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it will have been out for two days. Um, but it was ranking really high on Amazon. It like, was. It was exciting to see those screenshots that you sent. Yeah, like my book was like ranked 15,000th on Amazon, which doesn't sound great. But then you consider there are millions of books on Amazon. Yeah. Um, And my previous book that I self-published, like, barely got to like out of a million like it was way way down and seeing something at fifteen thousand, like that's crazy and in the jazz charts and yeah the different charts for um pop music and criticism and things like that like single digits yeah like it was the number one new release in jazz so that was cool that's super exciting yeah you know what's really exciting though the 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 issue see i would have edited that but i can't uh, <laughs> because as to chew the cord um the issue we're going to review today which is punisher war zone annual number one entitled high stakes and the s's are money signs oh it's i think the same name as a first wrestling show that's going to be at a casino in yeah. march we just went to wrestlepalooza yesterday yes with dylan from house of x yes and our friend doug yeah so it was a lot of fun x-men connection there is a wrestler named dark cheek who does different gear cosplay things and so, he's wonderful yes um this was a emma slash nightcrawler one it was red with the black x thing on it They've done Emma Frost in the past, and I think a Jean one, maybe, with the gold and the blue. Mm. Um, so that was lots of fun. So shout out to Doug and Dylan for going with, yeah. and for First for having a great show, and the woman who sh like laid the smackdown on some homophobes in front of us. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Just rip them a new asshole. It was wonderful to behold. Yeah um but punisher we're we're, punisher. Put, we're putting off this issue and i i don't know why but i do but yeah, i do um it's not that far off from the other punisher like we could have we just reviewed. we could have just reposted that episode with <laughs> justin and alicia but again i can't just edit the name of what we're reading because most of the stuff holds true yeah um, so for high stake there's several stories 
similar to many of the annuals. Although the first one is 38 pages long. And wow, it could have been eight. Yes. And then there's a 10-page one and a 9-page one and some pinups. And yeah, so Bulletproof, the first story within this, again, there's no segues in between these scene things. So all of a sudden... It's Frank Castle looking scruffy and very out of place at a casino. All these high rollers. He's like, oh, there's some Yakuza people. Why are they in town? Of course, it's the Yakuza. Because of course not. And I can't actually tell what's happening with his van that's colliding with a car. But all of a sudden he hops out of the van and kills them all. Even the dude who brought a sword to a gunfight. All the tattoos. Yeah, I the thing with the van is that he was driving the van and he caused the car accident so the limo would stop. So we could uh, murder them. Yeah, because so... Because if there's one thing we know about Punisher Comics, all he does is murder. Yeah. His occupation, murder. And all the bullets, the gigantic gun, like, just out there on the streets of New York. Cut to... A scientist dude and some goons in green shooting at a... A suit of armor. Like a centurion. He's got like a whole crest on the top. But it was like a surprise. So like we, again, there's no transition to the scene. We just flip the page and all of a sudden it's... Spangs, boing, tuck, spang, tuck, spang, tuck, And there are no backgrounds in any of these. (laughs) Like, um, the, the artist may have been pressed for time because... The backgrounds are mostly just colors or white. Yeah, although it does, granted the white source stands out because there's green accents on the armor and some orange crates and a red background and a purple background. So, so this new character, yes, phalanx, but not the phalanx not, that we know. No, not the phalanx we know. It's just like phalanx. Um, <laughs> you said that in the most like, it's a phalanx a fail links um i like it so anyway like you think that this armor is like in a fight with other people who are shooting it shooting to kill because there's semi-automatic weapons they're like upping they're announcing the level of ammo that they're using and he just cracks one guy across the jaw like face palms another in the like a face palm chokeslam sort of a situation and the magnum gun goes off, shooting the phalanx into a crate. And he's like, oh, I actually felt that one. I didn't feel any of the impacts from before. Har har, team. Everything's great. So they're testing this new technology, which is armor. And yeah. it's specifically suited to this one dude. Like, it's fit for him. He's the only one who can, like, do anything with it. Which is going to come into play in, like, four pages. Like, it's sort of a weak plot point, though, because why like if you got someone with the same build couldn't it also work it could but they made make a big deal of saying how he's the only one that can do it so he's employed it turns out by like another mafia thing but he doesn't know it's the mafia he thinks like he is going to sell this armor to a fire department because people shoot guns at the fire department or like there's this big event coming up with his employers and he thinks it's like defense contractors yeah, who are going to come who are and gonna get like, it, and it's going to save lives. It's going to be used for army. 
Because we need to militarize the police. We need to militarize the fire department. <laughs> like, why We're, specifically mention the fire department? We have, we have declared war on fire. It's so weird. So there's like... And then, like, George like, Bush lands on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> <laughs> so these... And it says mission accomplished. And it's just, like, him with a bucket of water, like, pouring it on a match. And it's like, the war on fire is over. The uh, armor functions like a sketcher's shoe. Um, it's the or Dr. Scholl's. Oh, <laughs> so, <it's>, um, <laughs> you can stand in it for a long time. There's a gel layer on the inside, and then there's um, an outer armor as well. So that that's gel why... layer would freeze in Minnesota on a day like today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's what's special about this armor. Those two layers make the person who's wearing it not really able to feel the impacts of all these bullets hitting them, even when they're he's thrown into a crate. So that's just less of an impact than like a 50 caliber bullet, but whatever. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, we're going to sell it to law enforcement. And the si lead scientist is like, yeah. Absolutely. Wink. In the Lucille Bluth wing. <laughs> in the sketchiest way possible. Um yeah. And then we you know what we get? Some hogs on their way to being butchered. And it's like Frank Castle is going up with these people who are stealing pigs from another mafia person. Yeah, the Russian mafia comes out this time with cleavers. Because starting it's, they it's not a turf war, it's an oink war. It is an oink war. But it's okay because these pigs were stolen in the first place. So then they're being stolen again. And then so like Frank Castle is like, fine, I'll help you, you pieces of shit. Like he just throws one of these like several hundred pound hogs at the dude building he, the cleaver. Because he wants an in with like what's going on with the mafia scene and these are like mafia people who owe him yeah so one of them and is the informant the other okay. one we don't care about which is clearly seen because he is shot dead yeah on this loading dock and frank castle's like it's okay leave him we need to go so they steal these pigs and then he's like okay you're my informant and by the way you're going to go like donate these pigs to a food shelter <laughs> Yeah, like you, oh, a food shelter is perfectly equipped for butchering, so you're gonna like donate a dozen gigantic hogs. You don't just sh show up to a shelter and be like, "Hey, here, here's some frozen hogs." Yeah, good luck butchering them. Okay, bye. Okay, so that plot point, like, they could have cut all this. Honestly, um, it doesn't matter. And then there's is he eating ice cream right there? Oh yeah, Frank has this whole network. Is it from soft serve? Um. He wishes it was from Saucer. Probably would have tasted better. Um, we get just a single page of this idyllic home in the suburbs, and it's the dude in the suit of armor being like, life is going to be great. It's going to be perfect. We can do whatever we want because we'll have money, buy a car, get yeah. an even bigger house. Like, this is a manicured lawn. You know how many chemicals are in this I lawn? I know. And he's like, har har, maybe next time I'll make some armor to protect against milk being splattered on me from my toddler so that was the one page before we get to um before, micro and the dude's name is micro i don't understand um like we're putting together this whole network 
of informants and helpers and things like that. So um, now they're in a stakeout in a, a van. Um, it's a different van. And Frank Castle seems to not want junk food. So I I don't know why he's denying this. It looks delicious to me. Um, uh, onion rings? I would want some crispy onion rings. If you ever go to a Burger King or something, you get the onion rings. Frank Castle doesn't want them. Which again shows me that Punisher does not resonate with me as a character. Um, so... He, He's getting details on these people that he's spying on. I guess they're staking things out. Are we at the big reveal yet? No, we're not. They're still staking out. And um, this is where we get the details like, oh, you know, I'm making some adjustments to the armor that only fits me. Yes. And I'm really excited because I'm going to be a bazillionaire because of this. So like he has good intent in constructing this armor. Um, and he had previously met some of like his employer's friends, and then he finds a magazine, and it says, "Oh no, uh, he's a Caesar of cocaine." Literally, it says on the cover of this magazine. And so he recognizes the guy that was in the same room while he was adjusting the armor. Yes, and uh, um, then he's like, "Oh no, wife and child, you need to go somewhere because I'm suddenly involved with the." king of cocaine the, yes so like this is some deep shit that i'm in and you need to run like go and hang out your dad's place in missouri and um like just lay low for a few weeks and she's like but we plan it so like this is a total about face because he had a um like a really good relationship with her so it it's very out of character. Yeah, to be like, do as I say, slam the door. Yes. Um, I'm gonna let you take over this part because it's, I would say... It's a thing. It's worthy of some narration. So uh, I want you to take over because there are no onion rings, so it doesn't interest me <laughs> as much. So. Um, but there's some women in very small skirts and vests that like the only layer is a vest and they're serving drinks at this rodeo casino before it even opens. And Frank just for a very burly guy carrying a lot of weaponry makes it very easy to slip past some hired muscle. Um, so strange because he's very concerned. He doesn't want to tip anyone with careless gunfire, I guess until he's in position climbs up the wall of the building. Um, for with recessed runnels for the window washers to use. Odd detail, but okay. And he gets up to the top of an elevator, not even the top of the whole building, and then takes the elevator all the way up and scopes out the room. And the least perks to him, doing some recon. Let's get the ball rolling now that I see what... No, but... Yeah. I want to start the ball rolling now, but I want to see what brought them all here. And that's when we get these servers serving all these mafia people. It's a cocktail party for the damned. And it's got a couple of reps and terrorist organizations, Sicilian mafia, triads out of Hong Kong, Korean mob, Latin American 
cartel bosses. This is like the who's who of uh, mafia get-togethers. It's wild. And then we get the confrontation between the blonde guy in the armor and Blanchard the scientist, who is nonplussed by this confrontation. And the armor guy is like, you lied to me. And he's like, oh, really? The U.S. is an international criminal, an enemy to the United States. How many more of the bitters out there are felons? And the scientist guy is like, all of them are? I knew you'd never sell it to your invention to anybody but a legitimate buyer. Am I right? So I lied. And he's about to get his ass beat by phalanx here. And he's like, oh, this, you only had the one set of armor. You should have made them for your wife and your kid, tough guy. They'll need to be bulletproof if you cross me. So there he goes, blackmailing the guy in the bulletproof armor to go out there in front of all the mafia people. And he rises from the floor like he's the undertaker at WrestleMania. Um, and Frank Castle up above is like, oh, it looks like the guest of honor has arrived. Looks like a tank on two legs. And they do some demonstrations. And also narrated by Frank Castle, Tank Boy takes it like a light drizzle. Color me impressed. And... Phalanx is like, they need more proof, Blanchard. Let's show them that you weren't shooting blanks. And Phalanx just murders Blanchard on stage in front of all these people who shockingly become very confused and pull out all their guns. There is so much hardware being drawn from coats. That's because it's a bunch of gangs. And terrorist cells and cartels. The who's who, as it were. Yes. So... At that point, Frank drops in and his intention is to stop Phalanx because who knows what would happen with an armor like that it's is true. his thought bubble. Yeah. Imagine the shift in power in the crime world. And But he can't figure out whose side Tank Boy is on, so he doesn't even try. Hashtag he, Tank Boy. He just shoots all the people as Phalanx shoots all the people. Mm-hmm. So we get these panels with these, I guess this this before you, they could show blood, right? That's why it's like a black ink splatter. Yeah. And more splatters. Like this for 1993 comic book. Made for children. Made for children. There's and approved by the Comic Codes Authority. How? I don't know. You can't be gay, but you can. Oh, where is it? Oh, here it is. I'm... You can be gay, but you need like an elf disease. But you. As we learned from Scott Free. Um, but you uh, can totally shoot four dudes with one bullet with the blood splatters coming out, but it's okay because it's black and not red. Yeah. And there goes one of the people, like, barely clad skirt. The vest is somehow staying on as she's running for the door. All these bullets and these servers are just like, I came here to make a buck. Yeah. I felt most sorry for them. Yeah. They were just hired to like be cowboy waitresses. Although hopefully their wages cover the amount of double-sided tape that those vests would require. That's true. And pages of It's just battle. We can just keep it. 
Punisher wins. There you go. And then he talks to a phalanx. Yep. And uh, Punisher's like, all I want is a suit and no one gets hurt. And Phalanx is like, nope, no one is getting this. And Frank's special gun, the one that can shoot four people with one bullet at point blank range is just going off on the Phalanx and even holds it up to his head. Um, and Phalanx actually raises a good point. I'm not sure I'd like what you would do with my creation any more than what these hoods would do. So, and that's it. Then that's the plot. And Punisher's like, oh, you're right. You know, you're going to need to go off the grid. So that's what he does. Dude calls his wife and son at his father in law's house and is like, I cheated on you. I'm leaving you for this other woman. And that's how he tells his wife, like, he can't be there. Yeah. Like, gives her no agency, no choice. Like, just fake story and that's how the whole thing ends but it was abrupt it was bloody it was a punisher comic like these are the only punisher ones i've read and i think that's okay yeah i don't think i will ever read a punisher comic again so like there's nothing here that compels me to want to read anymore which is a shame, because some of the ones that we've covered for the 93 annuals have been good and have been intriguing and made us want to read more about certain characters, even if we never saw them again. Yeah. Hashtag Nocturne. Loved her. Oh. Gave us more of her. Yes. Um, but Phalanx has now ridden off into some sunset. Well, he appears twice more. In 1995, he shows up in Mainline Punisher, number 102 and 103. Oh. And that's it. That seems on par with the other characters. Yeah. But at least he didn't show up in Civil War. Yeah. I feel like when... Do you, do you want to know what happens to him? I can read it to you. Does his armor short circuit or he get... He got blown by a grenade. What? <laughs> the in... armor does not protect against grenades. Apparently. Oh. Interesting. So, uh, there you go. R.I.P. The Not Our Phalanx. <laughs> It's wild. All right, this second story. Unfinished business. It is a mob dude, and he's got a driver, because of course everyone has a driver. Yes. If you're a mob dude. Uh, it comes with a kit. And he's got a hood over this dude, and turns out he's just sort of collecting people so that he can work his way up the ladder. Mm. Like, why put work into climbing the ladder? When you can just cut off the other rungs. So he and this driver have been collecting people, higher ups, and just shooting them. Yeah, he blows his brains out in the back. See, there's no other way to put it. Like There's a blam and there's a, a dark red splatter against the window. So he, apparently he's been very bad at his job. Like no one had, had taken him seriously before now. And then who should appear but a single headlight of a motorcycle it's punisher on a motorcycle there's a chase he uh there's oh, a, that's a big sigh yeah like <laughs> if there's one thing to like compound me disliking all the violence it's then a vehicle chase 
Yeah, I mean, he hops off of a bridge onto a railroad bridge and narrowly avoids a train and then hops off it only to coincidentally, like he planned it out the entire time, crashes down onto the roof of this vehicle with his motorcycle. So the front tire is like the dent created is what smashes the driver's head in because that's not bloody at all. Wham. There's also a wham as the car crashes. Overturns. Don't worry, Frank Castle's fine. He was on a motorcycle that was in a horrendous crash. And it crashed into a cemetery. Not just any cemetery, but one all the same prince will come up to at the very last panel. But it's like a cemetery and Punisher deflects a bullet with a headstone. Yeah. Which like he rips a headstone off because he's a just a normal guy who can do that. The disrespect. That person is just decomposing in their grave and minding their own damn business. <laughs> and all of a sudden Frank Castle just rips their headstone because he's after this guy responsible for a shooting in a park where instead of just targeting the mob dude, the whole family died. Which apparently Brought up some bad memories for him. Yeah, we can just spoil it. It was Frank Castle's family. Yeah. So this is like Punisher's origin for those who don't know it. It's yeah, dumb. Um, There's some ricocheting bullets because of course there are. He he dies. Not Punisher. Other guy. On the grave of Punisher's family. I thought that was just a generic family. No, but then you see it's Maria Castle. It is. I mean, because nothing is going to impress her dead wife better than killing other people on who did grave. other murders similar to how she died. I guess. Oh, yeah, it could be similar. But like, he definitely like there's a little coinky dink, you know, right in front of her. And like, again, decomposing in her grave, minding her own business. And then her husband shoots someone. And the dude has the gall to leave a bloody hand streak down her headstone. I would come back and haunt the shit out of Frank Castle. I would too. He deserves it. And then he just like strolls away in his little capped sleeve t-shirt. Muscles bulging. With, you know, the signature Punisher logo on his t-shirt. Yeah. Someone was driving like an asshole in front of me this week and had a Punisher sticker on their truck back window. Which at this point, I think it's this style of Punisher, not so. the Punisher who's like, oh, wait, being a vigilante is actually bad. Right. Um, then we. this is the third and final story. Oof. It is a lady of the evening. She just want to put up front sex work is work. Professionals is the name. Yes. And so there's some very mood lighting as she's getting ready. She's talking about like, you know what? This isn't a bad business because I'm self-employed. Making. I am not a I'm not a contractor for a pimp. Um, I am doing my own thing and I'm making tons of money from it. Making her own schedule, selecting her own clients. It's very companions from Firefly, sort of. Mm. Only they would actually pay their taxes. No. Um she doesn't need to because she gets paid in cash. <laughs> Smart. Um, with a bold red lip. So she's getting ready. She's taking phone calls. She's setting up further appointments for this week. She's really like moving in power circles. Yeah. So she has a high end clients who pay her lots of money. And honestly, some of this uh, 
these close-up panels of her getting dressed. It's very too long foo. Thanks for everything, mm. Julie Newmar. Is this Patrick Swayze? This is uh no, this is Wesley Snipes okay. as Auntie Noxie putting the stockings on. And but it is uh Patrick Swayze with the lipstick. Okay. It's oh, we have to make this gay somehow. <laughs> that's how we did um so she's going through she's selecting her clients she's like oh no girl you're working for a pimp i could never yeah um but like she, her friend called left a message she's like come work for him and she's like i'm not returning that phone call absolutely not and then a friend comes in to talk to her to get some information because she's an informant for this person so yeah he pays her it's like the usual place the usual time she uh, looks great riding a motorcycle, though. She does. Like, that power suit, the shoulder pads, and, like, how it billows in the wind, sort of. So, we should already get the tip off that it's a motorcycle and a man wanting info that has dark hair. Frank! It's Frank! Oh, Frank. And she tries to put the moves on him. She's like, we've been working together for a couple months, and let's fuck. Yeah, he's like, you know what? Hard pass. Even from the like, she gets there and wraps her arms around him, and he's like, Tracy, stop. And all the cool, calm, collected narration that we got before is Mm -hmm. totally betrayed by the oh, okay, sorry. I thought maybe just once we could. Dot dot dot. Like she's there's some desperation here for no reason. And then she goes on like, let's let's going through her appointment book basically. Um, of all the info and he tries to pay her for the info like and she says she doesn't want his money anymore i want you you're different frank special she loves him all the while she was setting herself up to be like you don't make attachments you get in you get the money you get paid and then you go and that's the gig you control yourself yes and here she is losing all of that, like, off winter clothes. And uh, he's like, thanks for the information. You uh, you don't know me. You don't want to know and me. And here's a bunch of money. Like, just lay low for a week. I've got to go. And like, if not for the total bungling of her character, she could have been, like, the better first appearance character based on it. It's true. Um. But based on the information that she gave, she knows where Frank is going to go. Yes. So she goes to Jack Giacomo's, the family compound in Brooklyn. I thought Brooklyn was so built up. How can you have a compound in New York City? New York folks, let us know. How is that possible? Yes. Have you seen a compound in Brooklyn? (laughs) And she almost ran off the road by some dude driving like a maniac. Who, who do you think it is? Who almost runs over someone, hops out of the van, shooting, shooting, choom, choom, like double uh, those little shotgun, like sawed off shotgun things. And she's like, Frank, I've never been so scared, but I don't run. I've got to get to Frank. Oh, my girl, what are you going to do? Give him up. Look at your life. Look at your choices. Where is this woman's gay best friend? <laughs> and she won't return his calls yeah frank has wasted all the goons again blood splatters yep uh 
he's shoving a shotgun in this dude's like right on his nose and he's like you take this money frank is like you can't buy me and you can't escape me and shoots the dude in the face because that's cool so in 1993 then, then murders murders be done and he, she's still like frank she's peering through the window and he shoots the window and she he tackles her and then figures out who it is. Frank Castle's very in 1993 is very much shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, this has it has to be this way. Have some more money. And she kisses his expressionless face. Like he is not participating at all in this kiss. No, this is not consent. And he says just says, get out of town, forget about me. Bye. Cut to her on a plane being asked if the stewardess can get her anything. And she says, no, nothing. There's nothing you can give. And her face done wrong. Oh, Remember the other Punisher comic where there's a lot of cocaine involved? <laughs> yes. I feel like that's what she did. Um, The penciler on this specific story, Lewis Williams. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Um, the, the anchor fairly famous anchor joe rubenstein so um but it's definitely the penciling and not the inks right the colors are great like especially the shadowy stuff from outside the house like it's good contrast you know it has set the scene well yeah for those scenes Um, so props at some yeah to the inks but that woman's face like look at the jawline on that stewardess (laughs) you got glass no um let's but, let's look at these pinups. I don't want to talk about this story anymore. <laughs> um we uh, have we have Punisher in space. Yeah, but it's not really in space. He's got a breather, but it his eyeballs. Other people can go out into space, but he can't because his eyeballs. So it's I don't know what he's murdering though. <laughs> yes. So murder there. Um oh. This next one, he's on top of a pool table wielding a pool cue. Oh, that light shade did nothing wrong. Yeah. And it's shattered. And uh, he, there are a bunch of guys with knives surrounding him. Um, so no murder there. Um, then the next pinup <laughs> is him standing in some rubble with a flaming cab in the background with a shot out windshield. Um, like, what shooting did that a gun. Do? Like, look at all those bullet casings coming out. Um, so uh, murder. Although in the billiard hall, I like Richter will show up the next day and be like, "Why is the bar closed?" Mm-hmm. In his punk face. Um, then we have him crashing through a skylight with someone clutched to him with a knife in his other hand into some flames. So murder. Um, then there's a robot murder, it looks like, or a robot trying to murder him with someone inside of it. He's running um, there at the corner of 28th and Park Avenue South. Um, wow. Wowzers. Wowie. It's a... um, I just want everyone to know that we put off recording this episode <laughs> for literal months <laughs> because we dreaded one having to read this issue and two having to review this issue um and dear listener please don't think that we just shit on all these comics we really don't like because there's some really good ones that we reviewed we with compelling characters that deserve more stories this doesn't but we are 
this is not a Punisher podcast. This is really not a Punisher podcast. Um, what trash? Yeah. Um, if, I, if there are redeeming qualities that eluded us, dear listener, please let us know. Yeah, like if there's something that we totally missed or we're off the mark, let us know. Always open to that sort of corrective feedback. Um, but ugh. it's just not our jam. Nope. It's not our jams and jellies at the craft fair. <laughs> so uh, looking forward, we're going to be launching a new season. I don't know. Maybe it'll be next week. I don't. Who knows? I mean, of the of the ideas has have been finalized. We'll figure it out. We're going to figure it out in like the next hour before I have to drive in my car in sub-zero temperatures. Oh, poor. and then Asta will sulk for a few hours behind the toilet. She will. That's her safe space. <laughs> once, God, I'm so mad at you. Once she has to go for a car ride, she just sulks behind the toilet. Um, and then she'll emerge a few hours later. For a treat. For a treat. So, um, yeah, glad we're back providing fresh Bun Bun news and everything else. Yes. Um, feel free to hit us up on Instagram at X Factor Files Podcast. It's where we share just random stuff, really. Yeah, and the the final picture of Tracy is Ooh, needs to be yeah. The, both the, of those panels, like, the population needs to know what happened to her. Okay, oh. <laughs> she gave it all up for Frank Castle. Yeah, she didn't. She lost. Yeah, does not take rejection R- well. Risking it all. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Stay safe and stay warm. Bye. Bye.